What's up, folks of Gator Country? This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with Andrew Spivey. And coming fresh off Billy Napier's introductory press conference, uh, Scott Strickland took the stage first, then Billy Napier came up there with Scott Strickland with a Napier 1 jersey, a jersey that I want really bad, but I'll probably never get a hold of. But Spivey, man, you know, we were sitting in on this press conference, and, um, you know, listening to Billy Napier talk, you can just tell how much of a genuine guy he is, a very detailed guy. Uh you know, he did allude to that sometimes you're going to be frustrated with him as a head coach, but you got to be patient. Patience was a key word there. Uh, very detailed. He had a, a eight-part structure of how he's going to run his program, and then a six-part structure of I believe it was recruiting or something like that. But it was it was it was just crazy on how detail-oriented that you could see that he was just listening to the presser. Uh, I'm pumped, man. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I've been pumped since the day he got hired. Uh, well, actually, since uh, since rumors got to me that, you know, Billy was close to taking the job. A um, couple things for me, David, and, you know, I say this all the time, but I'm an Alabama guy. So, obviously, I know the Saban motto, the Saban program, um, specifically pretty well from from coaching there and, you know, growing up most of you know my adult life seeing Nick Saban then to to hear Billy Napier kind of goes back to what we talked about last week and that is there's only from for multiple people I've talked to who've worked with Saban and Kirby and Billy and knows all three of them they say there's only two people that really construct their program 75 to 80 percent like Nick Saban and that was Billy Napier and Kirby Smart. And when you when you hear Kirby Smart get up at that podium and you hear him break down, he's not just telling you things about, oh, we're going to be this. He's telling you how it's going to be done. He's telling you to, it's going to be like this. He also made it very clear, listen, it might be a slow signing day next Wednesday. Yeah. But he's okay with it because he's willing to sacrifice, you know, what he may sign on the 15th to get the very best coaches to, to coach this team next fall. There's no sense of going out and hiring, you know, a bunch of people to, to, to recruit for the next couple of weeks to, you know, to land this for the next, you know, week and a half, if they're not going to be the best coaches on Saturdays in the fall. Um, I know that's not going to be a popular opinion for some, but I will say this, and that is, it was what was going to happen with Dan Mull. Yeah. You were going to have, and you're going to have some guys that weren't good players. He's going to cut some of those guys. First casualty was Terrence Gibbs. Just is what it is. He wasn't impressed. He said, cut him loose. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously not going to put up with any undisciplined players either. Nobody. Uh, and I hate to put, I, I hate to poke fun at Copeland because he's just wide receivers are like that. You'll get more of your diva personalities from wide receivers more than you would any position on a football team, but he's not going to put up with Jacob Copeland. Like, tweeting like that all the time well here's the thing though david and this is this is what frustrates me and and not just you but but everybody when when they say things like that about copeland here here's the thing well first of all i just want to say i'm not trying to trash copeland i mean oh yeah but but i'm saying there's 105 different personalities that sit in that locker room any given day yeah there's 105 different ways you got to deal with every with with your program I know Jacob Copeland really well. Know where he's from. You don't deal with him the same way you deal with Emory Jones. 
you don't deal with him the same way you do with Malik Davis, but you don't deal with Malik Davis the same way you deal with Emory Jones. That mindset that the previous staff had of dealing with everybody in the same way doesn't work. Billy gets that. Nick Saban gets that. You, Nick Saban could not deal with Julio Jones the same way he dealt with Derrick Henry or yeah. vice versa. It just you, you, you just don't. That's not the way everybody grows up a certain way and everybody things get through to people a certain way. And I think that the first meeting between Billy Napier and Jacob Copeland, um, if Jacob Copeland decides he's coming back to school, I think you'll see some things change. But I also will see – you will see Jacob treated better. Um, and you will see somebody understand or try to understand Jacob Copeland better. Um, those are just small samples – of, of what Billy Napier said when he said you have to build and you have to teach these guys. You know, a lot of these guys, and, and, and David, I'm not saying – I'm not saying anything we don't already know, but a lot of these guys come from single-parent homes. Some of them come from no-parent homes, and they live with grandma or they live with a guardian. And that's what Billy Napier talked about, teaching them how to become men, yep. how to dress – how to shake somebody's hand is what he mentioned. None of this sloppiness that you had in pregame where everybody was running around in shorts. Yeah. It doesn't cut it. it. doesn't cut it. It's not what team football is about. Yeah, and he also talked about all the penalties, the turnovers, all sorts of miscues that go on the football field. He's like, that's, that's going to stop. Like That was a big emphasis about him saying, this is going to stop. You're going to play more disciplined football. And uh, just from an all-around feeling and an aspect and an initial reaction to all of that, it's just that's something we've been missing. I mean, I can count up, probably look up the stat of how many penalties we drew. It had to have been over 100 this year. Had to have been over 100 penalties and probably thousands of yards. And well, that's attention to detail. Yeah, attention to detail. And, and that's something that Billy Napier is going to be key at. Billy Napier is going to be attention to detail. Now, does that mean they're going to commit penalties? Sure. But they're not going to be one of the most penalized teams in the country. Um, you're not going to have, you know, multiple delay of game penalties, multiple timeouts because you don't have enough guys on the field or, or, or vice versa. Um, you're not going to have those situations as much. You're not going to have a situation where a kid decommits because coaches forgot to call kids. Right. You're not going to have those situations. You're not going to have situations where a cookie cake is made with the name spelled wrong or a name tag is given to a parent with their name spelled wrong, or whatever it may be, you're not going to lose a kid because you didn't know who the decision maker was. That's not going to be the case. Um, you know, is, is everything going to be fine and dandy and hunky-dory and never a criticism against Billy Napier? No. There's going to be criticism. Heck, there's criticism of Nick Saban. There's criticism of Bill Belichick. It's criticism of everybody. I mean, it's just part of the of the deal of of being the head football coach. And uh, you know, Billy Napier says he understands that. I, I think he does. I also think Dan Mullen understood that. It's a whole different mindset when you get in the fire. Yep. But I will say this: I believe in the plan that Billy Napier has, and and the foundation that Billy Napier has, and the people surrounding Billy Napier. That's the thing. Billy Napier has surrounded himself with some veterans that are smart people. I, I know everybody wants to harp on Jim McElwain. Jim McElwain's been in Florida before. He's done this before. It would have been stupid for Billy Napier not to reach out to him. 
That's a friend of his guy who's been here. Why not? Why not reach out to him? Good. Will Muschamp. It's another guy. Why not reach out to him? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not reach out to Nick Saban, a guy that uh, gave him some great accolades? I'll go ahead and play the clip real quick. Billy did an outstanding job for us. I mean, he was a very good coach. He was a good recruiter. Uh, he had great relationships with the players. He was a good teacher on the field. Um, hard worker, uh, great character, great personality, uh, very, very good family. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing bad that I could think of to say about Billy Napier in terms of what he did here. And no surprise to me uh, because he's a very well-organized guy uh, and does due diligence before he makes any decision about anything. Um, very calculated in terms of how he tries to do things in a, in a very positive way for his organization. So uh, not a surprise to me that he did really, really well when he got a head coaching job. And um, I, I think he'll continue to do well. Yeah, and he did say that his times at Alabama – he learned the most over there with Nick Saban being over there. And that's what helped him, I guess, with the job at Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, and, and when he had taken over Louisiana Lafayette, I did some stat digging. Um, you know, he talked about the transition class and for everybody to be patient with this class. And they probably wouldn't sign a lot of people. Billy Napier did allude to, he would, you know, the next month he'd look into the portal or he, he kind of clued in on that. So we'll, we'll worry about that later. But Billy Na Napier's recruiting class rankings from 2018, 105th ranked recruiting class was a transition class. It was number five in the Sun Belt. From then on, 2019, 77th, which was number one in the Sun Belt, 82nd, number one in the Sun Belt, 69th, number one in the Sun Belt. And that was all three years after his transition class. So he's had the number one recruiting class in his division ever since he's been at Louisiana Lafayette, except for the transition class, which is acceptable for a new head coach coming in with only looks like what, 10 days to recruit before early signing day. And then you got national signing day, which most guys are off the board towards national signing day. I know a few guys are still going to wait. Isaiah Bond alluded to a waiting. We'll see what happens with that. Um, so like I told people after the press conference, I really think Billy Napier is going to be a game changer at the university of Florida. Um, his on-field success. We'll see. Uh, he did emphasize that you win at the line of scrimmage. He said he's going to have an offensive line coach and an offensive assistant coach there with him, so he'll have two assistants there. Uh, he did say that he might have a couple of guys that do uh, positions as well, like a corner, he said. How are you going to coach six, seven guys at corner with only one guy? So he's going to have assistants, and he said he's going to increase the manpower. That was a big thing that he was talking about was increase the manpower as far as Position coaches, nutrition, name, image, and likeness. He went down a whole list of just – Well, that's what I was going to say, not to interrupt you here. but Yeah, go ahead. I, one of the biggest things Billy Napier had when negotiating with Florida was he said, listen, here are some things that I need to have happen. I need a staff pool that's bigger than what it is. I need to be able to increase the manpower behind the scenes. I need support in – getting people as far as more nutrition people uh you know fixing up the the food that's better for the for the players and diabate talked about that a little bit all these little things that he talked about that are once again attention to detail i talked about it on gator country one of the things he talked about he wanted to change up how the new indoor facility uh, for the coaches was going to be done. Uh, dan mullen wanted an open floor plan for the whole entire recruiting staff to use billy said, napier nope. said no way give each of these guys an office. Let's make this an office. We're not making this an open room environment. Everybody needs their privacy. It's the attention to detail, the little things that it is. Um, 
he understands. Listen, if you're going to win in the SEC, if you're going to win in, in, in college football nowadays, you have to win the money race just as well as you have to win the race on the field. You win the race on the field because of the money race, because of the investment. Nick Saban and, and Kirby Smart have investments behind them that if they call tomorrow and say, hey, listen, we need, a, we need a Gatorade to come in here and design a new drink for us, somebody in Alabama is going to be on the phone with Gatorade figuring that out. Yeah. That, that's just what's going to happen. That's the same thing Billy Napier needs at Florida. And, you know, one thing he said was Scott Strickland did not flinch. He did not back up when talking about that, um, that he was all for it. He understood, hey, listen, that I, I know there needs to be better. I know there needs to be this. So he's cool with it. He gave it to Billy. Um, that's success right there from the get-go. Uh, that's already improving things. If you have 25 people in recruiting – your 10 coaches and your 15 people and your uh, recruiting staff, 25 people, that's much better than 15 that they had before or, or 10 they had before or whatever it was that was actually, you know, doing their job in recruiting. Yeah. You, you have more chances that you're not going to see guys slip through the cracks as much. You're not going to, you know, be behind in 2023. I mean, that's what, that's what Nick Saban is so good at. When, when he gets, when he has the opportunity to host, 2023 prospects on campus, 2024 prospects, underclassmen prospects. He's getting these guys on campus early before everyone else even does. He's landing commitments early. You know, you, you go back to a guy like Trey Sanders, for instance. He committed to Alabama as a freshman. Yeah, he decommitted and, you know, opened things up. He ended back up in Alabama because of relationships. That's the kind of stuff that you have to be able to do for long-term success. I said this. Um, and, and I'll repeat it because Billy Napier said it on on Monday uh, on Sunday. Patience. This program, since Dan Mullen took over, has been destroyed. Yep, destroyed. Now, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not talking bad about the University of Florida, the Orange and Blue. I believe it too. But the program today is not the same program four years ago that was inherited. The talent level, the the disorganization, the relationships that he just destroyed is going to take time. I talked to hundreds of people uh, in the in the past couple weeks, uh, many of people who used to have kids go to Florida, uh, and, and I mean coaches and, and seven-on-seven coaches, and they all said, Coach Napier's got to get our trust back. Coach yep. Napier's got to get our trust back. I need him not to lie to me like Mullen did because I would never send a player to Mullen. I've talked to several former players. They're the same way. They're like, we want to be welcome back. We want to be welcome back. It is going to be a process. What he says, patience. And I think that's the biggest thing, and it is probably the thing that fans don't want to hear. Myself, listen, I don't want to I don't want to deal with another loss to Georgia next year or being second in the SEC. I want to win, too. I like going to Atlanta. Uh, I like going to want to go to a college football playoff. Yeah, but you got to be patient. If you're gonna build something right, you got to build it. You can go build a million dollar home, David, and if you do it in half the time because you cut too many shortcuts, your million dollar home is gonna look like a five hundred thousand dollar home. Yeah, within the matter of uh, minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get that completely. And and for those guys out there that expect immediate results, you know when Dan Mullen came in here, he won 10 games, won 11 games. Okay, cool. You did that with McElwain's guys. Awesome. Um, I 
don't expect Billy Napier to come in here and be undefeated his first season. It's not going to happen. I, I mean, it could happen. I hope it happens, but I doubt it will. Um, but you got to be patient with him. And I, and I think we, we've already said this, uh, but I, I really honestly think within about a couple years, you'll see a totally, completely different team. And somebody I was talking to earlier today um, said, you know, the player meeting that was at, I think it was like 1 o'clock today. One o'clock, um, yeah. yeah, he had a player meeting, and um, I don't know if this is true or not. Could be a rumor, so don't quote me on this. He said that um, he, he was shaking hands with all the players. He went over to Chris Bogle, shook his hand, and said, hey, we need to talk later. So I'm guessing he's going to talk with Chris Bogle because he's right now he's in the transfer portal, and that doesn't mean that he's leaving. That just means he's putting his name into the portal. So it's attention to detail like that. Um, you know, you want to see a coach that comes into a program and, and, and shakes a player, looks at him straight in his eye, and says, hey, let's talk later. And he's going to make time to talk for him. I mean, he, he's going to be that guy that I think the Raging Cajun podcast had said. He's going to be the guy that's going to work 18, 20 hours a day. So is his staff. And he's going to put those type of guys around him. And he talked about hiring, you know, increasing the manpower. And it's increasing quality manpower. You can't just hire somebody off the street and say, hey, you're going to be my assistant coach. He's going to vet these guys. He's going to be very detail-oriented when he hires these guys. So... Well, and he wants a couple of NFL guys. Yeah. And, you know, somebody said this to me. They said, well, why wait on an NFL guy? Well, if that NFL guy is, is Billy Napier's top choice, you're not winning football games in the next six weeks. Yeah. That's how many, se- that's how many weeks are left in the regular season. You're not winning no games. Okay, maybe you land a recruiter too different there. Okay, but if you get that recruiter too different, but you get that terrible football coach that comes in that you have to refire in a year or two. Yep. You set the program back. It's just wheels that are just spinning. And, you know, I now the thing for me is this, and this is going to be very interesting to me. How hard does Billy Napier hit transfer portal? Because he can supplement this class and, you know, supplement this roster a lot by hitting the portal. Yeah. I said this. He maybe goes and gets a quarterback. I don't know. I mean, we don't know the status of Emory Jones. We we don't know, you know, Anthony Richardson doesn't seem to stay healthy. And we don't know what you're getting out of Kitna and Del Rio. And you have a freshman in Nick Evers that you can't expect to play, you know, and be your starter. So does he go hit the transfer portal there? Honesty, he needs to go hit the transfer portal for about four or five offensive linemen. Yeah, big ne- time. Needs to go hit it for, you know, defensive linemen linebackers, you know, he has to be able to go recruit some guys to fill some immediate holes. Um, that, in my opinion, is the difference to what how success will be for next year. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but for me, the success for next year is meaningless in a way. And that is, if if the structure is being built correctly, the recruiting is being built correctly. 2023 is when you're going to really know recruiting for Billy Napier. 2024, really even more. Um, But that's when you're going to be able to judge things. So heading into next September, if the program's being built correctly, if recruiting's going well, then the season's never a wash. You never want to be Florida State where you're five and seven. You obviously need to win eight or nine football games to keep that momentum up. But you don't have to win 11 or 12 because that's not expected. Yeah. And and he did say he was, you know, concentrating. He said he's not going to concentrate on games until they get here. Uh, And he said it it will be recruiting 
this this next month and all that that they will concentrate on. But he didn't promise anything, and that's good because you don't like it's, a lot of coaches will go up there on a press conference and say uh, like a Willie Tiger. Let me throw that out there. He said we're going to have the number one recruiting class at Florida State. You knew that was a bold faced lie right when he said it. Everybody laughed at him. He wasn't the guy that went up there and, and promised you anything. He just said this is he promised what he was going to implement into this school. He never promised results, never promised recruiting results or anything like that, but he did say, uh, you know. He did promise that if you can't sp- sign 25 good players yeah. to Florida, then they need to be looking for a new head coach. Right, and uh, let's go into some contract details. Uh, some contract details were posted today. Um, well, one second before we go to contract details yeah, here. And, and that is, you know, we just um, – we just – we have to look at this as a whole here. And – Florida should never rebuild, okay? That's that's your first problem. Florida should never have to rebuild. They should reload. Right. Um, Florida's not at that, at that position right now where they're able to reload. So they are rebuilding. Honestly, Napier has to fast-forward his rebuild. You know, he can't take four years to win a conference championship like he did at Lafayette. Yeah. I don't think fans will be pissed. Um, but – I, obviously, his resources and his ability to improve a lot is increased at Florida. Now, obviously, the competition he faces is going to increase at Florida as well. Here's the thing yeah. I'll say. He ain't afraid of Kirby Smart. No, he's not. Apparently, he ain't afraid of Kirby Smart. I've heard from multiple people that's a rivalry. I don't want to say it's a personal rivalry. I don't know if there's any personal beef. Um, I don't know if there is or isn't. I, I don't know. I haven't asked that question. I do know this, and that is beating uh, Kirby Smart is big for Billy Napier, yep. just like beating App State was for him at Lafayette. Yeah, and uh, I don't even really think, like you alluded to, it was a, more of a personal thing. I think he just accepts it as a challenge. He even said, he goes, this is going to be a bigger challenge for me, and he – felt that staying at Louisiana and he wasn't ready to take on a head coaching job because he'd been offered head coaching jobs before that. He felt, and he said in the press conference, this was the right place at the right time and the right university. And that's why he took the job. And, you know, obviously he alluded to the uh, championship game as you talked about. And uh, just, you know, he said seeing, you know, four years of hard work culminate into another championship there. Obviously him getting the Sunbelt coach of the year again, um, just, you know, obviously it makes you feel good, but it's, it's the hard work that you put in is the results that you're going to get in the end. Like you said, you can't patch things up. Like Dan Mullen was patching things up to the transfer portal because he didn't want to go out there and recruit. He was handing his phone over to other people and letting them talk to him as it was him for some reason. But <laughs> it's another story for a different day. But you're not going to get that with him. He's not going to patch holes because there's not, there's not going to be any holes. He's going to build a foundation that doesn't leak, uh, have leaky water pipes or have a busted hot water heater He's going to build you a million-dollar mansion, and it's going to be tough from there on out. And that's what I like to hear from Billy Napier. He's a complete night and day difference from, uh, shoot, I I can't even really say. Uh, I would say Will Muschamp kind of, and he has his own different personality. I can't say he's night and day, but he's definitely night and day from uh, Dan Mullen, and that's something that I like, and I'm pumped. And uh, if we want to get into some of the uh, salaries and all that stuff, uh read a thing here that it was posted by Nick Delatore, Dave Waters, a couple of guys that have been up there that are up there today at the University of Florida. I guess they handed out a packet discussing the coaching salary and how it's going to be structured. It says here, a coach shall have access to a salary pool of $7.5 million annually 
for 10 full-time assistant football coaches. Coaches shall have access to a salary pool of $5 million annually for other football support staff members. All salaries, job responsibilities, and terms of employment will be agreed upon by a coach and the athletic director consistent with the UAA slash UF employment policies and practices. Coach shall have the discretion to reallocate such pool amounts as coach deems appropriate in consultation with the athletic department. So getting $7.5 million here for assistance, and I believe, uh, didn't Dan Mullen, he had like $6.1 million for assistance? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's already, that's already an increase. And I believe, didn't he uh, take less of a salary? To do that who's that, that billy yeah that's a question floating around there no 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 that was uh that was a thing that was set from the beginning okay um, so he just from, worked from, that out from from both uh that you know listen you're gonna give a salary that i need and but i'm still gonna get my salary and and don't take that as billy being greedy or anything else but you're top, you know, you're expected to do good things. You're expected to yeah. win. You're expected to do those things. Um, to, to have that, you know, commitment. And I think that was the biggest thing was Billy didn't want to be with the round of, okay, well, I'll commit, but I'm not ready to commit right now. That wasn't going to be the case. That was the case at South Carolina, some of the other places, Tennessee, um, that he was like, no, no thanks. Because there was promises but nothing was willing to be done up front. Yeah. Um, and I, I, again, these were things that were not asked of by the previous staff, the, the amount of money and that kind of stuff. Um, and that just shows that the program wasn't being built. Um, you know, uh, what was it, four years ago maybe? five years ago where, you know, you were able to start having these more recruiting staffs and more analysts and, and all that kind of stuff go. Um, it, Florida has never caught up. And it wasn't because Florida wasn't willing to, per se. Some of it might have been. But it was also because the last staff didn't care for that. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll really see. I am very interested to see uh, – who he brings in, um, he is very well known in the recruit. I mean, in the coaching circles, very well respected in the coaching circles. Um, not many people say anything bad about uh, Coach Napier. Um, it, some buddies of mine that coach high school ball who who sent kids to Alabama when he was there, and uh, sent a couple kids to Clemson when he was there, and then uh, even sent some kids to Lafayette when he was there. Every one of them say Billy Napier is the most genuine human being you'll meet. What he says is what it is. He it, it, He's not going to come in there and say, hey, I like your kid, yada, yada, yada. He may come in and say, hey, you know, you got a good player. He's just not right for me. Yep. But he's not going to beat around the bush and say, hey, well, we may offer the kid. No, this is not the way it is. First of all, what what do you accomplish there? Nothing. Oh, so yeah. um, I, I think that's a, a big thing. And, and I'll say this again, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I, I, I need to make this very, very clear from myself and that is the university of florida needed a guy like billy napier somebody to come in in demand of the administration and that's not to say the administration wasn't willing because once again they were willing they didn't they didn't put up any resistance here but somebody that came in and and told the administration this is what i need this is what i need to go out and win uh somebody to come in and set the mindset of this program that is missing. 
I, I, I've asked this to so many people, but what was the mindset the last four years? What was the motto the last four years? You can't even think about it. You can't even, right. I can't think of any kind of like motto. I remember relentless effort, but that died off, what, in, after 2019, maybe? <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. there has to be a mindset. And, you know, Billy Napier said physicality. That's going to be his mindset. Yeah, discipline, physicality. Yeah. That's the mindset. That needs to be instilled from day one. Um, that's why a strength coach is coming. Yeah. It's coming. And the strength coach is the guy who's going to instill that in there. That is the biggest thing that I have with people saying, well, Nick Savage should be retained. Why? Why? People were calling this team soft. This team was out of shape at times. People called this team non-competitive. Dried up that's bacon. Nick Savage problem. They were eating dried up bacon, Spivey. <laughs> Whatever it was. I don't care what it was. I don't but know what it was. He, you know, I mean, it all goes back to, to like I said, it all goes back to your strength staff. It all goes back to the people who are there from day one and have you 365 days a year or 360 days a year or whatever it is. Um, that's your strength staff. That's got to be the change there. Um, I've heard this. He's playing, you know, bringing in a mental coach yeah, to work with these guys for their mentality standpoint. Yeah. I'm all for it. Nick Saban does. I'm all for it. I don't think Will Muschamp, McElwain, or Mullen did that, did they? No. That, that's, Nobody I mean, had a mental and, coach. And that's not, you know, that's not trashing any of the head coaches before us, but that that's cool to see that, like, he's that detail-oriented into wanting to have a successful program. You don't see that out of a lot of head coaches. You don't see that out of Mario Cristobal, Lincoln Riley, uh, a, a guy, you know, that went to – left Oklahoma without telling any of his players in, in, for like, what, two minutes? <laughs> he goes straight to USC, and he still has his Oklahoma shoes on? You're not going to get right. that out of Billy Napier. And, you know, the attitude and, and the the respect that that guy demands is, is what's going to set him apart from all the other coaches. I mean, Nick Saban does the same thing. Nick Saban, I will exactly say that Nick Saban is probably the same kind of guy Billy Napier is, but obviously they have different personalities. But well, but see here. Here's the thing, and this is what this is what, and, and I'm not talking about you. In general. I don't want to compare him to Nick Saban. I'm not doing no, that. No, but this is the thing that 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 I I, I want to say too. Okay, everybody sees Nick Saban on Saturdays and at press conferences. I've been able to be in settings at coaching clinics and see Nick Saban at you know events, uh, whether that's you know the Senior Bowl or whether that's you know, out recruiting. Nick Saban's a good dude. Yeah. Is he is he gonna is he gonna be the person that walks up to you and, you know, talks to you for 45 minutes about, you know, golf? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But he's the guy that's gonna walk up to you or not really walk up to you, but you walk up to them and you're able to, you know, have a, a small conversation. It may be small because he's a busy man. But it's the same thing with Billy Napier. Both of those are good people, but it's very intense. And 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 listen, I, I don't know I don't know where this has been lost throughout the years, but I was always taught that, you know, when you step between the lines, there's no friends. It's all competitiveness. Yeah. You want to beat the person in front of you. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing I have with, you know, Dan Bowen when he laughed and smiled after getting beat. Man, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Pissed off. I'm ready to break something. That's just me. I mean, you know, maybe I'm that lunatic, but whatever it may be, bring the fire. 
you know, Billy Napier showed a little bit of emotion on Sunday when he talked at the press conference, you know, about his dad. You know, he, he showed that emotional side, and he also showed his seriousness side of, listen, this is what it's going to be. I'm the head guy. I'm getting paid $7 million a year at the University of Florida. This is how it's going to be done. And this is the direction we're going to go in as a program. You either get on board or guess what? Get left out. Yeah. And, and he's going to do it in a respectful way, but he's not going to BS. <laughs> and I'll, I'll ask you this, Bobby, because you're, you're a former coach and all that. And I, and I put this on Twitter. I said my initial reaction, we're going to have to be patient with Billy Napier. But I think in the long run, we will be extremely happy with the ending results. Totally pumped and haven't felt this good about a head coaching hire. Take that for what you will. And me, as a guy, I would say as a fan, I was okay with Will Muschamp after his introductory press conference. I just wanted to see what he could do. Um, Urban Meyer, uh, I remember his quite I, – I don't remember what my initial reaction was to Urban Meyer a long time ago. Uh, you know, McElwain, I was, I was like all right about it. I didn't know. Like I, I had some questions. I didn't know. Mullen came in here, and I was a little bit excited. He, he felt like he had some kind of energy when he was talking at his press conference, and, and, you know, it made me excited for what the product would be his first couple of years, and it was until it died off. This head coaching hire here, man, um, I just see something different, man. Uh, it, it's, I just feel I'm more pumped about this coaching hire than I have been in the last four. And I'm not just saying that to be a Sunshine and Rainbows guy right. and, 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 and float my boat, whatever, and get everybody all excited. Here's the difference. I haven't felt this way. You've been a coach before. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, here's the difference. And, and, I, and I look at this, and, you know, I said this um, when the last staff got fired. You tell a lot about a person when they leave. You know, you know, you you always find out what kind of person they are. You know, if your girlfriend leaves you or whatever else, and you have to go to instantly bashing that person, what does that say about you? Yeah. Uh, and you know, what does that what does that say? Um, you know, you look at what happened at Lafayette after the game on Saturday and throughout the week, fans. Coaches, players, media, all of the people were just out there, you know, saying how much um, he he loved. They love Billy. Uh, they they gave him a you know a, a Gatorade shower after the game. That's a guy who just who was about to leave them, and, or not was about to, but had announced for another school a week before their Sun Belt Championship. For a lot of these guys, the biggest game they will ever play. Um, and, and they're out there congratulating him. They're out there saying how much they love the guy. Yep. To me, that says everything I need to know about, you know, what, what, what kind of person he is. Um, you know, Billy Napier told his guys uh, at Florida, go ask my ULL guys. They'll tell, you, they'll tell you what kind of person I am. They may hate me some days and they'll love me some days. But the overwhelming response from those guys is love. And – appreciation and it's and it's that kind of stuff um here's the thing too scott strickland got his number one guy yeah finally right you didn't get your number one guy last time you you know you you had to go to number three yep you had to go to number three um you know you look at lsu fans they're pissed they went down the list to get brian kelly (laughs) at the last minute too (laughs) yeah so (laughs) excuse me um I guess that's what it is. I, for me, it's it's a couple things. I'm a little biased here because 
I, I, I love me a guy with some Alabama connections. I, I just yep. I, I, I love a guy who, who's been in the saving tree, who's done that. Also, he's good friends with a, a friend of mine in Jim McElwain's. Um, he knows people that I know, and those people who I know and trust speak volumes about what kind of good person Billy Napier is, and they all speak volumes about how detail-oriented he is. For me, that's what gets me fired up. Yep. Um, I will say this, too. It probably – anybody in America getting the job would have probably had me more fired up than I were the last four years. I don't hide that. It is what it is. It was misery because you've seen how bad the program was falling so quickly. You see, you've seen the way things were being treated. And so it, it was misery for a lot of people. Um, I'm excited. I am so excited. I'm fired up to see what the next couple months is going to be. Um, what I love a, a, a fiery uh, signing day on the 15th yeah i would i would I, I would love that but i i know it's not reasonable to ask first of all yep. there's there's really four days for for napier to get on the road monday tuesday wednesday thursday he can do a little bit on friday but he has to be back in gainesville to start hosting official visitors on friday so he's really got four days to do in-home visits there's only so many guys you can visit you know we know on monday he's going to be in louisiana and he's going to go see Chris McClellan in Oklahoma. Um, okay, he's going to be able to see a couple guys in Louisiana. Uh, we know on Tuesday he's going to see Nick Evers and Shamar James. Uh, you know, how many guys can he realistically get to um, that quick? It, it's going to be tough. Uh, it really is. Uh, right now he only has two assistant coaches uh, that he brought with him, and Patrick Tony um, and uh, Jaluk is I believe how you say his name, Jabbar Jaluk, um, the running back coach from Lafayette. Those two guys are with him. He's a good running um, back so coach, real, too. What's that? I said he's a good running back coach, too. Yeah, Coach Fournette, Coach Geis, um, pretty well known in uh, in Louisiana as well. So, um, you know, those are really the only two guys that can really go out and preach the message that Billy Napier wants preached. Personally, I don't think anybody on the current staff stays. I don't. Um, even if some of them do stay, they really can't walk into a home without Billy Napier to be there with them and give Billy Napier's message. They don't know him. I believe uh, Louisiana Lafayette retained their tight ends coach today. Um, I believe that was announced, so maybe Tim Brewster stays. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, but- I don't think so. First of all, I don't, I don't see how those two guys would connect. Yeah, so. that, that's what you want. You want connections anyway. So if, if Brewster was to leave, that's fine. I'm okay with it. I, I told somebody earlier today, they said, well, who do you think he hires? I said, I don't really care who he hires. I said, I know he's going to go out and hire a good guy. He's going to hire the right guy. I said, I'm that confident in it. So I could, I could care less who it is. I, I really don't care. Um, but as you talked to and alluded to, um, the obviously he's going to be visiting visitors. I, I, I expect Azariah Thomas to be one of those in Louisiana that, is a, that he's visiting. Um, a lot of recruits that came out on Twitter talked about it and kind of um, kind of impressed with the hire a little bit, actually. So we'll see what happens. But he did allude to, he said, it's hard to have a relationship with a kid that you've only met for 10 days or have 10 days to have a relationship with a kid. And he said he, don't think that's, he doesn't think that that's fair to the kid to have that kind of a short relationship with somebody. I mean, he's still going to go out there and recruit, but 
that's why he told people to be patient and they may not sign a lot of kids from this class, but we'll see. Um, well, here's the thing too, and this is what you have to also understand a little bit here. The type of, I mean, the guys he were recruiting at Louisiana and the guys he recruited at Florida is two totally different. Yeah. He's watched film last week on some guys, but there's no way he could have watched enough film to, to see what it is. Um, obviously he had to start with the current commits in the class to, to see who he wants to keep, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, a big one is to go recruit Nick Evers and get as many guys on campus next weekend to spend time with those guys as possible. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it really will be just interesting to see how many, how many coaches does he have by the weekend? That'll be that'll be a key. Um, on the Lafayette thing, real quick, tight end coach, that was a good hire by them. Um, kind of expected he played quarterback for those guys um, back in the day. Um, be interesting to kind of see who he keeps. Um, you know, does he keep some guys that maybe, you know, Napier was thinking about bringing over? Uh, maybe he promotes some of those guys over there. Um, that'll be interesting to kind of see. Um, some support staff members are supposed to come. Does does he promote some of those guys to on-field roles to keep them? Uh, so there's a lot to be put in motion here. Um, one thing I, I was told is, you know, Napier kind of has a gentleman's agreement with Lafayette. He's he's going to wait until after, you know, the bowl game and their signing day before he just yanks the rug out from under everyone over there. Yeah, uh, and, and I'll put this out there to you. You were talking about how Billy Napier left Louisiana Lafayette. And even you had fans had signs that said, thank you, Billy Napier. Everybody that I've known that has been a fan of Louisiana Lafayette or any kind of coach, they weren't any kind of angry or upset that they were upset that Napier was leaving. Of course, you want to hold on to a coach like that, but they weren't angry about it. He went out respectfully. They were excited. They're actually excited for us because they know what we're getting. Um, You didn't see that with Lincoln Riley. Those Oklahoma fans are pissed off. (laughs) They're mad. You didn't see that with Notre Dame. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame people, they're pissed off. Notre Dame fans should be happy. They got a winner in Freeman, and they got rid of weirdo Brian Kelly. At LSU, LSU's in a dumpster. That's that was just that, was that hire doesn't make sense to me. Brian Kelly in the SEC doesn't make sense to me. Um, but what do I know? I don't know anything. Uh, it is going to be interesting. Uh, we're taping this on Sunday. Um, before we get out of here, Cristobal has until Monday afternoon to let them know if he is going to um, take over as head coach where they currently have a head coach. And <laughs> Manny Diaz is still there. <laughs> Manny Diaz is still there, out still recruiting. What he's telling those kids, I have no clue. Um, and if Mario doesn't take the job, then uh, Manny will be brought back. So he is like the, uh, you know, the little Wait. nerdy boy that is hoping and praying that the homecoming queen doesn't uh, get picked up by the quarterback. <laughs> Can you really be brought back if you're already there? <laughs> I mean, if I'm Manny with any respect for myself, I'm giving Miami the middle finger. Yeah, I know. I would, I would just say, yeah, guys, I'm out. I'm good. <laughs> you go hire Mario, whatever. But I, sometimes, though, I, I will say the flashy hires aren't always the best. And uh, you know, I, I thought Billy Napier was a flashy hire, honestly, because there was a lot of schools that wanted him throughout his whole career at Louisiana Lafayette. But uh, you know, some people. It's don't not always think a it's... flashy hire. You have to right. find the best person for the best job. And you know, I, I say this all the time, but some people just do not fit. Uh, it's like Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly's a good football coach. I don't think Brian Brian Kelly fits Louisiana. Um, I I don't think, you know, I mean, 
it's it's kind of like Mullen, for instance. Okay, could Mullen go win up at Penn State? Possibly. He fits that. Is it fit down here? Yeah. Well, how about um uh, since we're about to end this podcast, and I know there's tons of things we could talk about, and um you know I was just gonna add it, it towards when I was talking about you know how the fans were pissed off. You know, recruits see all of that. Recruits see when a coach leaves and abandons their school pisses off a bunch of people at the last minute, their students and all that, and they go in the transfer portal, which they are right now. A lot of those recruits see that. Do you really want to go play for a coach like that? They would rather play for a coach that told his team weeks away, hey, look, I'm going to Florida, had a team meeting with them all, left respectively. They see that kind of stuff, and they they want to play for a coach like that. The parents see that kind of stuff. They don't want their kids going to a coach that's going to abandon kids like that. They want to play for a coach like Billy Napier, a guy that's very respectful and very honest, and he's going to tell you 100%. If you can trust a coach on a recruiting visit and the parents can trust a coach on a recruiting visit, that could be the the slim to none right there that you're going to land that recruit over the other person. So I just had to add that. But Georgia, let, let, let's talk about Georgia, man. Man. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I was a uh, local radio show in Alabama. I um, they asked me to come join their SEC tailgate show yesterday on Saturday uh, for the last hour. So I went to the studio, did it for the last hour with them. And, um, I was, I was, I was, I was asked multiple times by multiple people. You know, you watch Florida play Bama, and you watch Florida play Georgia. What do you think? And I said, if Bama can figure out a way to throw over the top of Georgia, it's over with. Yep. And they said, well, what if they don't have time? I said. Once again, if they're able to, which involves having time to do that, it's over. Georgia's secondary is not good, period, in a discussion. Georgia had not been tested by a good quarterback to throw the ball all year. Uh, Emory tested them a little bit, you know, running the ball. Uh, I mean, Richardson and uh, Emory both did a little bit running the ball. But you look at Kentucky, couldn't throw the ball. You look at Auburn, they didn't throw the ball deep very well. You look at Tennessee, they didn't throw the ball deep very well. Alabama was the first team to do that, and it exposed them what it was. Georgia couldn't, can't win a high-scoring battle with anybody. They, they right. just can't. They don't have the offense for that. Um, it's going to be interesting. Is it Alabama-Michigan or is it Alabama-Georgia uh, for all the marbles? Yeah. Uh, Alabama will play Cincinnati, and Michigan will play Georgia in the first round. And Michigan's got a good defense, too, man. They're, uh, I believe their defense in points per game is ranked second in the nation. So you're going to see really two good defenses play against each other, uh, Georgia and Michigan, man. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, I don't know if you had anything to add. I thought you were going Florida to has UCF. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that deeper. Um, Do they officially have them? No? Yes. Sweet. Uh, and uh, they'll be playing on the 23rd. Uh, that'll be a good matchup. Um, quick little thing on how this will work. So, basically, Greg Knox and the old staff will work on the bowl game. They'll be fully invested on the bowl game. Billy Napier and the new guys will be fully focused on recruiting and building for next year. There'll be two separate staffs working on two separate things. Um, the old guys will not be touching recruiting. The new guys will not be touching the game plan for UCF. They'll just be out there monitoring, watching, evaluating, all that good stuff. Um, That's how that'll work. Um, And Napier talked about it. First of January, guys will be back. They'll be his in his strength program, uh, focused on the 2022 football season. Um, And that's all I got, David. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Um, 
And if you're not a member of Gator Country, make sure to check us out because we've had tons and tons of stuff that you couldn't find nowhere else on this whole coaching search on Napier's plan uh, in recruiting, all that good stuff. So if you haven't checked us out yet, check us out and uh, make sure you keep following us on the podcast. Yeah, definitely join the VIP boards if you haven't because Andrew Spivey and Ray and, and Ethan, Ethan keeps you up to date on the pressers. Spivey and Ray, they've been all over the place posting some really good stuff that uh, not a lot of people knew. And uh, if you are on the VIP boards, don't give out Andrew Spivey's info and, may, and, and say it's the wrong info at the same time. That's that's not a good answer. I mean, you to take have to the info with. elsewhere and say half the info. Come on, <laughs> and the message at least do was, it right if you're going to steal it. Yeah, I mean, at least do it right if you're going to steal it. Like, don't take half of it. Nothing, nothing. It frustrates me like that, and maybe, maybe I'm just dumb, but that's just the way I feel. Like, just I don't know. Be a good person. Well, you know, I always say this on the podcast before we end. Uh, I like fired up Andrew Spivey. I just don't like red ass fired up Andrew Spivey. I like the positive fired up Andrew Spivey. And well, I think it's going to be a lot of positives because Gators have got a new man in charge. Things are about to start rolling for the Gators. Um, bright days are ahead for the Gators. Bright days are ahead for Billy Napier, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited too, man, and I'll be crunching the numbers between the UCF versus Florida matchup. Uh, as you know, I'm a big stat nerd, so I love my stats there. So I'll be posting those there on the VIP boards for you guys too. I'll be posting some on Twitter as well. That's all I got. And for Let's do it. that GatorCountry.com podcast, we got a new head coach by the name of Billy Napier. I'm excited. You can follow me at GC on Twitter, and you can follow Andrew Spivey at Andrew Spivey GC. On Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast.